0: Having a beer after a hard day's work once meant putting up with a six o'clock swill.
1: The swill is not only unpleasant, it's also dangerous. Those who like beer, and surprisingly, it's still legal to like it. South Australia joins all other states in abandoning the six o'clock swill. Tune to the six o'clock squill with nick cater and my good friend tim blair who is still smarting from being rejected as a model for the underwear section of the my catalog more of that later <laughs> joining us today is our special guest rita Panahi back by popular demand. Barrier-breaking, Rita Panahy. We'll come on to that as well in a second. Today, President Joe Biden appoints a barrier-breaking black immigrant gay woman as his press secretary, and she'll be telling us all about that later. Australia's alternative Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, accuses the real Prime Minister, of teasing him in the playground about his Italian name. And a row breaks out about the exclusion of paunchy white men. And Rita, we'll be expecting Mm -hmm. you to bring more woke nonsense to the table. (laughs) First of all, though, I think we should point out we're recording this May the 20th, the night before the Australian election. So There's an election? There is. You missed that one. Uh, Good Lord, I uh, I was never told.
2: This might be the last night before the Albanese reign where, you know, broadcasts like this will be banned and we'll all be sent to re-educ- re-education camps.
0: People will be passing around C90 cassette recordings of us, you know, in uh, in alleys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'll, that'll be the way we'll be, uh, we'll be broadcast in the, in the Albanese era.
1: Scott Morrison might draw some comfort from the fact that the bookmakers seem to have learnt from their mistake and have not yet paid out on a Labour win, unlike the last election when they did it two days before election day. Uh, but there was a brave call. I don't know if you saw it, Rita. Former Labor campaign strategist Cameron Milner threw caution to the wind in the Australian when he wrote, "Labor's got this election. One elbow stands on the red carpet, ready to enter the pantheon of Labor prime ministers," and went on to predict a likely posse of Labor members in the House of Representatives of at least eighty. Uh, I think it's a brave call, don't you?
2: Brave is, I think, a kind way of putting it. But, I mean, I've never heard of this bloke before this. And (laughs) since he's written this column, I've heard about him several times. So I don't want to be too cynical, but I'm suggesting maybe that's why he wrote it.
1: Make a name for himself, but not in a good way.
2: Yeah, but so many get the predictions wrong. So it's, it's not like he's going to be on his own. Perhaps you know no one else has <laughs> written a column.
0: Let's let's not drag Peter Fitzsimons into this, Rita. That's just cruel.
2: Or PVO or Barry Cassidy or you know or any of the ABC blowhards who were <laughs> in tears uh, last time. I mean, I can tell you the last election I was watching. People were wanting to watch Sky. I was at Steve Price's house and um, in. Um, Point, and Alan was like, no, put it on the ABC. The entertainment value there is off the charts because those people could not hide the misery and sadness. It, it, it was just a, a beautiful sight to behold. So, uh, so, yeah, he won't be on his own. There'll be plenty of people who've got it wrong from uh, whatever camp, but um, I can guarantee you if the Libs lose... Tomorrow, uh, you won't see me carrying on like the ABC blowhards. There's not going to be any tears or tantrums or, you know, uh, what what did Jane Caro say? She called Australians a pack of truculent turds who who sent the country backwards. (laughs) So you won't see that from conservatives, I don't
1: think. I won't never forget that moment, uh, that moment of TV when Lee Sales turns to the camera takes off her glasses like Don Rather did when he was about to announce the death of JFK and says, we have some breaking news from Anthony Green. Her face was white. Anthony Green made his prediction that the coalition would win and then everybody's face was white. But they, it happens to the best for so Rita, doesn't it? Even, even the great Greg Sheridan, of course. I'll never forget that. It's Hillary's. <laughs> he went on to say, you can bet your house on it. I'm glad I didn't.
2: You know what? It doesn't happen to all of us. Not all of us make rash predictions. But, I mean, you know, once you, you've gone over everything so often and, and, you know, everyone needs to make some sort of a prediction with a number attached. So the chances of pundits getting it wrong is quite high. I still wouldn't be shocked with, with any result. Like my feeling is that Labor will win. It won't be a landslide. It won't be... 85-plus votes. I don't think you'll even be 80-plus votes. But I wouldn't be shocked if the coalition's returned. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a hung parliament. I'd, uh, I think that's the most boring part of elections, you know, people coming out with their predictions. Like, it's not a freaking foot- football game. Who gives us stuff what you think's going to happen? Just report <laughs> what actually happens.
0: I used to like how Bob Ellis used to predict things. He never... He'd make a big deal about his skill as a, as a, as a predictor. But He wasn't predicting anything. He was just barracking. He'd just pick whatever was the left-wing side, you know. He'd go, you know, (laughs) Brexit's not going to happen. Trump's not going to get elected, you know, whatever it was. (laughs) Labor's going to win this state election. Labor's going to win this federal election. And then he'd come up with a lot of data, so to speak, after the fact to kind of justify his selection of whatever the left-wing side was. And on the occasions when he got it right, he'd crow about how magisterial his analysis had been and how terrific and insightful, it would have been, and everyone should listen to him. And then the next contest would come up, and he'd predict again the left would win. And this just, he'd spent 40 goddamn useless drunken years doing this, The stupid old ped. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like if you've got a multiple choice test and you pick C. You know, eventually C will come up, and you'll, yeah. you'll go, oh, look at me. But it's, I just think to me it's the least interesting part of the election analysis and discussion.
1: Well, you know, half of us will be right on Monday, and half of us won't. Let's turn the conversation to our alternative prime minister, who may indeed be the real prime minister by the time people are listening to this. Uh, when Anthony Albanese addressed the Italian community at Club Marconi in Sydney Southwest this week, he boasted that he would be the first Australian prime minister not to come from an Anglo-Celtic background, Ooh. and spoke lovingly about his Italian heritage before getting rather upset about. The Coalition's attack ad, which we might just listen to, uh, just to draw attention to it once again. Hang on a second. I hate this ad.
2: The the Liberal ads have been uniformly awful. (laughs) Actually, no, there's one good one, which I've actually never seen on TV. I don't know if it was just an internet ad. And it seemed to get no run. And all I kept hearing was these bloody leaky budget
0: nonsense dear labor dear labor that one
2: really sucks well, let's have a listen to this one mr albanese
3: wanted big taxes on retirees and housing now pretends he doesn't he tells melbourne he opposes coal but tells queensland he supports it when Australia needs certainty it won't be easy under albanese authorized by AHOS liberal canberra
1: that one obviously got under albanese's skin the, the question is how thick is albanese's skin is it thick enough to be a Prime Minister or is it uh, as thin as a moth? Are we going to see him sort of collapse into sort of tears every time somebody raises a pun about his name? If so, I think um, he's going to be in trouble judging from the skill of the headline writers at the Daily Telegraph. So he's
0: upset about the Albanese easy rhyme. Is that the issue, right? So... If, um, if yeah, that,
2: apparently it's 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 some sort of ethnically charged bullying. I mean, it's just the most ridiculous victim playing.
0: Because it rhymes
2: exactly. Like words rhyme. It's not even a particularly clever or hard hitting rhyme. So I don't know why he's upset about it. It's a bloody stupid ad.
0: But have Labor forgotten how successful rhymes have been in the past? Kevin 07, anybody? <laughs> Was, was Kevin being mean to himself for once? <laughs> the circle-faced obsessive?
2: Look, I don't think Albo is too thin-skinned. He's just uh, taking the opportunity to play the victim in a most ridiculous fashion, play the race card. But he's not thin-skinned. He's come through the labour factional walls to be where he is so you know they play politics hard far harder than conservatives do. so if you if you if you are doing well within the labor party i would suggest you probably have mm. a fairly thick skin and a decent bit of resilience to deal with these sort of name calling um uh so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about Albo, you know, being in the fetal position after uh, he sees a particularly hard-hitting telly headline.
0: You're exactly right, Rita. For someone to come from a Labor background, especially the left side of Labor, to complain about bad words. Exactly. <laughs> Whoa. Let's go through the audio of some uh, some branch meetings because I guarantee you Albo would have been throwing it around as good as anybody. And, um,
2: Project Veritas. Oh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's get a Veritas mob onto Albo in his team. <laughs> because uh, you'd hear a lot worse than his name rhymes with easy <laughs> oh boy
1: if you're going to play the ethnic card you should at least get your ethnicity <laughs> right i mean the, he, he he comes from the town or his family come from the town of piana delghi albanese in sicily which is so called because it was largely a town of expat albanians they're albanians Ooh,
2: we love albanian
1: it was called albanese <laughs> because it had a large Albanian expat patent. Ah, oh, okay. There was course, the Albanian mafia, which was big there in Sicily. What's the problem? Is he just not aware of his Albanian heritage? How,
0: how prescient were the, the village elders of this town to name the town after the prime minister even before he got elected? That, that really shows something. They're, they're better than our bookies, aren't <laughs> <haven't> they? <laughs> they were up to it. Uh,
1: so he's Albanian. He's Albanian. Well, the town was settled during the Ottoman Empire by Albanians.
2: So
0: he's Albanian from, or his dad?
2: I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, he can play the victim as an Albanian as much as he can as an Italian, really, can't he?
0: Well, well what, what's he doing in Club Marconi?
2: <laughs> he's an imposter.
0: He's a cultural usurper.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, that would make sense because, you know, the Sicilians yeah. are sort of yeah. more my shade normally. And, and Albo is, like, you know, yeah. very pasty white.
0: He's, he's whiter than Sophie Ellis Baxter, for the love of God. He's um <laughs> he's, a, he's he's the whitest dude getting around. I got
2: mistaken for a Sicilian just the other week. So, you know, I I'm I'm might identify as a Sicilian for a period. Why not?
0: How did you know they mistook you for a Sicilian? <laughs> did they, they offer you money to take someone out?
2: <laughs> not quite. I actually can't tell you the story because it, it, it involves... A couple of very prominent people, so <laughs> I've been sworn to secrecy. But it's 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 rather amusing. So in 20 years, when we're doing whatever version of a podcast is happening, um, I will reveal it, and it will still be a good story.
1: Were you ever teased about your name at school, Reed?
2: No, I never got – I don't think I ever got teased for my
1: name.
2: Oh, maybe I did. i I'm like, I wouldn't give a f- – I mean, seriously, if, you, if you're going to commit something so minor to memory, there's something wrong with you. You've got no yeah. coping skills. So, you know, whether I was yeah. teased about my name in, in school or not, is I, I couldn't answer it accurately because I, I wouldn't care enough to remember something
1: so stupid. I'm sure we'll come back to the, Amer- the Australian <laughs> election later, but first let's go to somebody who really can play the race card. Joe Biden appointed Karine Jean-Pierre as his new press secretary, replacing Jen Psaki, who is a a favourite on this show. Jean-Pierre is the daughter of Haitian immigrants, a taxi driver and a nurse. She's accused at least 50 people and organisations of being racist between 2015 and 2020 alone, according to recent analysis by the New York Post, including Donald Trump, How many? At least 50. I
2: can do better than that.
1: Including former President Donald Trump, Florida Governor (laughs) Ron DeSantis and Fox News. She said of Trump, if it walks like a racist, if it talks like a racist, acts like a racist, it is a racist.
2: Well, I would say if it talks like a race baiter, walks like a race baiter and looks like a race baiter and calls everything racist, it's probably a race baiter. I mean, (laughs) she is just... Ridiculous!
0: She's huckstered her way all the way into the White House. Really. This this is a this is a mega grift. She's the most successful of them all. I've
2: had a look at a, a clip of her calling everything from yes, every Republican politician to the pandemic. She said pandemics were racist. I mean, the the, the woman is either a massive race-baiting huckster, or she is unhinged. Uh, There there are two options. There's no other options if you have a look at some of her output.
1: Let's have a listen to her.
3: When I did my first briefing as Principal Deputy uh, Press Secretary last year, almost a year ago, I said at this podium that this podium, this room, this building belong to the American people. We work for them. It's not about me. It's about them. It was true then, and it is very true indeed today.
1: And then she goes on to give the, I'm the first black immigrant gay.
3: Obviously, acutely aware uh, that my presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. I would not be here today if it were not for generations a barrier-breaking people before me, I stand on their shoulders. If if it were not for generations of barrier barrier-breaking people before me, I would not be here. Representation does matter. You hear us. You hear us say this uh, often in this administration, <laughs> and fabulous. no one understands this better than President Biden.
2: <laughs> oh my God!
1: Wow. The thing about that Rita that I would try to work out. I don't know. Tim might have some insights into this too but how does she I, I get the black bit right mm. and she's an immigrant she came over from Haiti with her parents but how does she know she's the first gay press secretary ever in the White House would we be so bold as to say that none of the previous I don't know how many were gay and how do we know that is she really the only gay in the White House.
2: Who cares? Like, they're all the things that are the least important things about you. They're all things that you have zero control over. So, you know, why lead with that? Why not lead with, you know, actually who you are, what you've achieved, uh, what you stand for, instead of, you know, all the bloody characteristics that you've got no control over?
0: She didn't have any answers, which at least Jen Psaki, she had answers. I mean, they were all lies. I mean, they were all <laughs> They were fudged at the very least, but Saki had answers. Her replacement, jean Pierre, from the voodoo capital of the world, Haiti, uh, she has no answers and just kept saying, I've got no idea what you're talking about. And um, there was one um, moment, I think, in a a subsequent press meeting where um, she was asked in some detail about uh, the abandonment of this disinformation board or disinformation panel that Biden had proposed, she was asked about that and she said, I don't think it's got anything to do with the White House. Yeah, it actually does, sweetheart, you know? Like, come on, girl.
2: Even the random bloody people on Twitter know it has something to do with the White (laughs) House. I mean, her depth of, or lack of depth of knowledge is frightening. But yeah, I mean, she's gone into the role playing the victim card, the race card, and it won't be long before anytime she falters anytime you know someone actually asks a tough follow up question that will be oh this is a black woman being attacked and this is a symbol of the patriarchal racist american system you know yeah. you, you can just see the pieces writing themselves already it's just
0: i don't i don't i don't recall reader, um when donald trump's worst appointment scaramucci i don't recall him complaining about uh any uh, anti Italian bias when he flamed out. I think he only lasted four days which is uh you know in cNN years that's a that's a very long time these days but uh I, 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 yeah I don't think he um he complained about uh, any any albanese style uh, uh anti Italian accusations
1: the serious political point here uh, reader and Tim is the Democrats once again have picked. A dud issue. I mean, they think that this kind of identity politics stuff is going to win them points for the midterm elections, and they're kidding, aren't they? They
0: keep shoring up their dumb sort of coastal base, and that's a vote they can take for granted anyway. It doesn't matter.
2: And the black vote they can take for granted, I mean, it, that is the most incredible voting block there is. I mean, yes, under Trump, there was a small migration to the Republicans. Uh, he got more votes from that demogra- demographic than other Republicans, but still you've got 90% of black Americans voting the same way. There's no other demographic that yeah. I know of that is that consistent. And, and, so, and of course, they're taken for granted. So appointing her isn't going, you know, it, it isn't to win over that vote. Um, what people care about, particularly in America, because they are doing it tough, uh, we think inflation's bad here. It is absolutely terrible there. And I was there earlier this year and I was looking at the inflation rate at that point. I don't know, it was either around 8%. I was like, it's not 8%. It's way more than that. For yeah. the things you actually use, like food, fuel, you know, the things that you use every day, it was significantly higher.
0: Here's one measure reader of inflation in the US under, under Joe. This is extraordinary. Everyone's talking about things like fuel prices going up. Some companies, some companies that own gas stations are now converting them to add an extra digit because they fear double digit, you know, like $10 a gallon (laughs) for petrol, which would be about $3, rough calculation, $3.50 in Australia per litre. Gracious, me! Wow.
2: Crazy! It's crazy that I mean, you look at the prices under Trump, and it was almost immediate. Are they trying to pass this off as some sort of a, you know, Russian-inspired inflation? Yes, the Russia invading Ukraine has an impact, but the inflation was skyrocketing before Putin ever mm. made a move on on Ukraine. Um, so uh, to try to just blame this on international incidents that they ha- don't have any control over is ridiculous. I don't think Americans are buying that at all.
0: Blaming blaming the Ukraine for American inflation is like blaming Australia for climate change. <laughs> it's two-thirds of four-fifths of bugger all to do with it.
1: Still in the United States, former First Lady Michelle Obama has sparked debate on Instagram when she used the word. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. Tim and read. It. I'll read it out. Womanx, I think it is. W O M X N. So she's got an X where the A should be. And she used that word when voicing her support for abortion care. Apparently, that's the tra- that's the spelling they now use in order not to be gender exclusionary or something it's a definition of women people who don't define women as a biological thing
2: do you mean radicalized insane people that's yes they use it and the same people who call latino people to or whatever they call. <laughs> like it's an assault against the english language to begin with
0: well we can't even settle on a pronunciation yet is it is it well mixin which would sound like a form of cheap penicillin
2: i mean i don't think these words are actually meant to be pronounced they're just you know supposed to be written on twitter or instagram they're not actually meant to be you know i don't think they've thought that far ahead that people will be done dumb enough to actually use them but maybe maybe they are
1: (laughs) should we blame the teachers for this i mean just as we said that the people aren't taught economics they're not they're not taught economics but neither are they apparently taught the difference between a vowel and a consonant or the fact that Every syllable in a word needs a vowel. Without one, it's just letters on a page.
2: There's a a lot of things that they're not taught, including what is a woman. Um, But this assault against the English language and this obligation to sort of play along with people's delusions, it has really ramped up in the last few years to the point where you've got corporates, government bodies celebrities you know just about every entity you can think of using things like terms like people who give birth or birthing bodies or
0: chest feeding
2: dear and clear of using words like mother and women and obviously in australia we've had the australian breastfeeding association in, in turmoil over this very issue so this this craziness becomes normalized very quickly if you don't take a stand against it. If you just say, "Oh, this is just some trivial thing that nobody cares about," bullshit. You need to actually have the guts to say what you think. Otherwise, in a couple of years, if you don't have your pronouns on your business card or in the bottom of your emails, you'll be the biggest. Which is
1: the point, isn't it?
2: Which is the point, and and conservatives need to find their courage. They need to find.
1: Yeah, they want to portray us as bigoted, stodgy old conservatives who just don't know which way up is. And uh, I think they've succeeded, actually. I mean, we've played their role beautifully, but this is what they do. They put a trap there. And I think probably, Rita, the only way to deal with this, Tim, is is mockery. I mean, that's the great thing about the way we managed to steal the word woke off them and turn it into a joke. They hate it.
0: They hate jokes, full stop, if you've uh... (laughs) if you've ever been unfortunate enough to visit in the last decade the Melbourne Comedy Festival we've stolen material off them and turned it into jokes they've stolen comedy and turned it into incredibly dull politics the um i went a couple of years ago before before covid when you could go to places a lot which I happily we're getting back to that state now but a few years ago before the covid i went to a green left weekly comedy night at to a Sydney Town Hall, <laughs> an inner-city Sydney Town Hall. <laughs>
1: That's a contradiction in terms.
0: Let, let's just say it, it lived up to expectations. Um, people, if they want to read more about it, can uh, just just Google it up. Um, it drew some excited and furious response from some of the performers who didn't didn't enjoy my reviews. But the only funny thing about the night, the only funny thing... I oh know there, there was actually one guy who was a little bit non-PC. Some of his gags were pretty good. Aside from that one performer, there was uh, the only funny thing about the venue or the or the entire night was that there were all these different flags and banners around the town hall promoting various left-wing causes, but they made sure to keep the gay rainbow flag as far away as possible from the Palestinian flag, because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise the, the Palestinian flag would have grabbed the rainbow and thrown it from the top of the building.
2: <laughs> well, that, I mean, if you want comedy, uh, just have a look at some of the signage you see, you know, at some of the pro-Palestinian um, rallies where it'll be LGBT for Palestine or something. And he's just <laughs> like, uh, yeah, go. why don't you take that and go to uh, Gaza and try to march with that and see what happens? I mean, these people are dangerously, dangerously ignorant about the world. but. Um, but you know conservatives have vacated the the field when it comes to this stuff we've seen Scott Morrison be utterly utterly weak unprincipled and really lacking the vision to see this is an area where conservatives are on solid ground on these issues not only are the majority of The conservative voters on side but the majority of labor voters are on side if you actually look at these issues whether it's you know giving puberty blockers to 11 year olds or whether it's um male bodies competing in women's sport or you know all these sort of things that are dismissed as culture issues or you know having your bloody pronouns in the bottom of your emails you'll You'll see that's where conservatives have actually got an opportunity to reaffirm their values and get disaffected Labour voters, who no longer identify with 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 Labour's new sort of radical worldview, and they don't. They are so bloody blind to the opportunity. You look at the US, you see how you know elections can be won. On these issues these are consequential issues about values and culture they're not trivial stuff but here it's like our conservative politicians think it's beneath them to talk about this stuff so they just let the left <laughs> march through the institutions and and there's no resistance you know and then they'll pre-select Catherine Deves and then gag her They bloody made her apologize gagged her and And hide hit her. Yeah, I mean, it's just insane. Why set her up to fail instead of actually backing her up? You knew what she stood for. You had the guts to pre-select her. Let her prosecute her case. The woman's clever. She's on solid ground. She can argue her point, but they, at the most critical point, when this stuff was absolutely, you know, all the media were going feral, um, analysing every tweet she'd ever sent... She was gagged, just dumb, 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 dumb.
0: One, one thing, Rita, that's that recent experience in the US is showing us is that you can fight and win a culture war at the school board level and then take that to run a state, to win a state election. So there's a lot, lot there for Australian conservatives to understand and it goes to exactly your point about always standing up when, you're, uh, when you've are when you got the pushback from uh, crazy leftists or the provocation from crazy leftists beat them.
2: Yeah, we saw a blue state turn red over essentially these issues, or it's essentially about school, uh, critical race theory in schools, school closures. And we're seeing in Florida the most incredible impact DeSantis is having because he's Not one who shirks these fights. He stood up against Disney, for example, when Disney came out hard against his parental rights bill, or as the left dishonestly call it, the don't say gay bill. Um, So, and that has seen Disney's uh, standing in the community absolutely for you. Look at the polling, Democrats and Republicans say they're less likely to buy Disney products because. They've been exposed as this radically left activists who don't represent the values of of their customers so and that you know you've got the abortion debate now raging in the us and you'll notice that all the companies aren't being shamed into taking a side like they were with that uh, parental rights bill because the companies have realized there's actually a price to pay it used to be You know, no matter how far left you went, no matter how much bloody money you donated to Black Lives Matter and put up, you know, uh, different flags every month, they thought there was no cost to that because only the left were the ones who'd revolt. But no, conservatives, the quiet people who don't sort of take to the streets to protest are taking a stand and the corporates are starting to realise there's a price to pay for this activism and and they're being... Um, a little bit more cautious right now. And I think that is largely due to DeSantis having the guts to stand up to Disney and other corporates and saying, no, well, you're not going to bully us into changing sound bill because, you know, you're going to threaten to do this or that.
1: And what's happened, of course, there is a price to pay for the left too. Uh, You know, in America, education until probably started last year was always a Democrat stronghold. It was always their issue. Just as here yes. we've always regarded education as being a Labour strength and the Coalition try not to talk about it when they can. But what's what's happened in the States, and I predict will happen here once we get Conservative politicians brave enough to prosecute the case, is that education then becomes a Republican issue, Republican strength in the United States and could be a strength for the Liberal Party here, I think, if they were bold enough on this one.
2: Oh, Absolutely, it's it's. I mean, we're seeing with these tails um, a real opportunity for the liberals. I mean, Simon Holmes' accord could be doing an absolutely massive favour for the liberals in in getting rid of their wets, mm. um, and getting them to stop being obsessed with these handful of seats that have completely compromised their values and 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 compromised. Um, what they can do in appealing to to the masses in the suburbs and the regions, you know, trying to hold on to these seats that are going to go green, whether it's teal or the greens, they're going to go that way eventually, Um, instead of worrying about the people who actually are aspirational, working class, who don't identify with Labor's values anymore and they're ripe for the picking, but the the Liberals are... um, it's, it's very frustrating to watch conservatives in this country. It's almost like they don't deserve to win. Certainly in Victoria, the state Liberals, hopeless, just thoroughly hopeless. They don't deserve to win. doesn't matter how bad Andrews is. They don't deserve to win as, as things stand right now.
0: There was a, a beautiful uh, image this week. A reader sent me a photo photograph from uh, Sydney's Edgecliff Centre shopping centre, Car Park. It was a... a beautiful Porsche 911 an iconic sports car and this was a really really classic 911 the sort that you see kicking around the eastern suburbs of Sydney uh maybe a decade or so old when they were you know really gutsy sports cars proper Porsches so you, you knew there was a bit of old money in that car and on the dashboard was an Allegra spender cap so that's that's who we're talking about you know that thing is uh it doesn't have all the latest anti-pollution crap on it it cost a cost a bunch of money it costs a lot of money now i mean some portions from even 20 years ago go for hundreds of thousands of dollars and um yeah that bloke is all oh, not to not to uh you know assume any genders here but that driver is all the way down with it's a leg of spender it's a beautiful thing
2: what we saw was a Zali posters being loaded into another Porsche. There was another picture that went that's around right, with yeah. this uh, Porsche, which, which certainly wasn't an electric or hybrid. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the demographic. That's, uh, you know, it's no surprise they're running in the most affluent seats in the country where, you know, electricity prices going up 50% isn't really going to, have much of an impact on many people um you know when you're paying between three million and 15 million for a house i mean electricity bills aren't always your hot top priority it's not like you know i'm not going to turn on the econ because i can't afford the bill yeah but that's how many people including working people live because prices are so astronomically high when it comes to energy costs Well, uh, just so, just
0: keep it on cars for a moment readers zali stegall Late last year, finally got around to buying that that electric car she was going to buy. Took almost her entire first mm. term in parliament. She finally bought an electric car. It's a, it's called a Hyundai. With our money? Was it was it was it a a a
2: taxpayer funded? I
0: don't know. She refers thing? to it. She refers to a little electric Hyundai as a um, as the family car, which it, you know implies that she has others. But she said, "Come on, everybody, do what I've done." Buy one of these electric cars. No more, you know, horrifying uh, moments looking at the petrol price. You'll save up to a thousand dollars a year if you buy this little electric car. Now, this particular model costs about sixty grand for the base (laughs) model in, in the electric version. The base. Yeah, if you buy the absolute top, premium, peak, super luxo petrol version you only pay around 47 So if you're saving $1,000 a year, it takes 13 years before you're in deficit. Buy something cheaper and you've got even more of a gap.
2: You don't even have a sunroof. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: Yeah, and it's it's just so dumb. It's, and it's the same advice the White House gives people in America. It's like, well, yeah, when they complain about petrol prices, well, why don't you buy an electric vehicle? If you can't afford petrol, how are you going to spend... <laughs>
1: yeah, I know, right? 70000
2: 80000 on an electric vehicle?
1: This is your problem with your teal candidates is they're not great on the detail, are they? they're very passionate about climate change, but they don't actually know much about it. You probably heard Allegra Spender in the week on the Chris Kenny show when she was praising China for its efforts on climate change. <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute, here's the numbers. Australia has nineteen power stations. China at the latest count this is July last year, so it's probably grown since then. Two thousand nine hundred yep. And 90. All the way with fixing the climate, China. How well is China doing on climate change?
2: We don't even know what China's doing. We only know what they tell us and what they want us to know, but we, we do know they're building plenty more. You know, China's not done. They're going to use this uh, self-harming green obsession the West have to reassert their dominance. You know, they've got, they've got a long-term plan and we're helping them achieve it.
1: Tim, a lot of people have accused us, as you know, of making this show up as we go along. It's not <laughs> true. This is a very carefully and meticulously produced show. Uh, we have uh, Amy Teakle did the research for us this week. Well done, Amy. It rises in a crescendo, mm-hmm. Rita, of wokeness. We get to this sort of everything gets more and more absurd from the woke camp as we go along. So let's go to the P- Peter. This isn't. This is. We're not talking about Peter Credlin here. We're talking about. People for Ethical Treatment of Animals. They've changed the lyric of popular children's rhymes, including Barbar bar Black Sheep and Little Miss Muffet. Barbar uh, bar Black Sheep has been changed so that it says it's not called to steal sheep's wool. Three blind mice has been changed from they all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their tails with a carving knife to they told her to thank you for saving their lives. <laughs> it's all a bit weak, but it, 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 get, it gets worse. Little Miss Muffet has been turned vegan they scrapped curds and whey, which, of course, come from milk, and they've replaced it with watching the bluebirds play. I never knew what curds and whey was. Oh, well, yeah, that milk product. I didn't even know they had milk in it. I didn't
2: know what curds...
0: I think whey, whey is now like a bodybuilding stuff. They use it as a, as a muscle-building thing. So Little Miss Muffet was like some sort of... She was jacked, man. She got the guns out. Well,
1: <laughs> exactly. There we are. That's, that's where we're going. Peter wants us to... Ch- I think the point is they're not very well written, are they? I don't
0: think it'll catch on. Remember when they... were? Nothing Peter does ever catches on in the, in the, in the broader sense. Remember when they tried to change the name of Fish to Sea Kittens?
2: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean... He, how would you, like all the different variety of fish, would you have like, you know, sea kittens and sea puppies and sea otters? Like we've already got sea otters, we don't eat.
0: You see some people walking down the street with a rod and you're like, where are you guys going? Oh, it's a bit of sea kittening, you know, we've got some bait. (laughs) I'm
2: going to have some sea pandas for dinner tonight.
1: (laughs) Or A great Friday favourite, battered sea kitten and chips. Lovely. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Exactly.
0: Sea kitten fingers, well, they'd have to be paws. People who are, you know, hunting around online or whatever, trying to gin up some nonsense or just uh, going on a sea kitten expedition. It's uh, That would change a lot more than just the name of the species, wouldn't it?
2: No, no. But, I mean, by Peter standards, that's actually quite a clever little ploy because some of the nonsense they come up with is just insane i mean it would never happen but it would actually i think would have an impact if you had to if you had to you know just mentally think about what you're eating as a kitten you know it would have some sort of an impact as you know i'm a bit of a well i'm not a vegetarian because i love meat
1: (laughs) but i'd never have guessed
2: i sympathize with the vegetarians who who are concerned with animal welfare, because I'm concerned with animal welfare. So I do try to, you know, buy free... Oh, I do buy free range and... and I always
0: make sure I buy caged eggs. <laughs> I've just got a theory you of You do it. not, Tim! I think it's just, just my theory that captivity brings out the, the richer flavours.
2: You we, are we, the... team We should do
0: a back-to-back don't test, s- a blind test of caged versus free wandering chickens.
2: No happy chalks produce tastier eggs. this is I'm going to come up to this bloody central coast and egg your house at this point.
0: You don't need no which eggs but no one knows um, no right. one um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want eggs from a lazy undisciplined green of a, of a creature you want you want them to come from something that's experienced the the, the rigors and, and harshness of, uh, of a good old-fashioned um, you know, cell.
2: Yeah, you are just being terrible. No. And talking about eggs, <laughs> guess where I'm going to be Saturday night? I'm going to be within egging distance of Malcolm's Place. I'm going to be at Point Piper for election night.
0: Wow.
3: And the
2: temptation is going to be strong, just to wander a couple of doors down.
0: I think he's put in a few egg barriers over the years because uh, it's a common impulse if you're within the vicinity of Malcolm's Place to feel that, feel that terrible urge. You might have sort of egg lasers or something like that, albumin... albumin um, <laughs> Um, dissuaders, something like that might be uh, Before we
1: get totally carried away with eggs and other poultry products, <laughs> look, uh, I think we should just wrap up, I think, Tim, with this story. I know it disturbed you as it disturbed me, this complete uh, lack of inclusion, lack of diversity by Meyer. Uh, they've been accused of having double standards over its offensive new underwear catalog maya uh, Meyer's been slammed for having yes. impossible beauty standards for men Whereas women now, of course, they're women of all shapes and sizes in the Maya underwear catalogue, I'm told. Well, men men not, apparently. All the men in the Maya catalogue are are, are beautifully groomed men with perfect abs and great bodies. There is no... I mean, the the body positivity movement needs to make some progress here. There needs to be a place in the catalogue for people like you and I, Tim. You cut a fine figure in a pair of skimpy briefs or whatever... (laughs) Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. Rita, pre- join us, and support us in this campaign, Rita.
2: Um, no, I'm, 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 I'm one for. I'm very much into aesthetics. Not I mean, this isn't a commentary on YouTube, but I think beautiful things are very. That <laughs> sounds
0: like it is. Well, no,
2: it's not. Mm. But yeah, this is why I'm not up with all the. Well, some of the body positivity stuff is just positively yep. unhealthy. Yep because they're trying to normalise morbid obesity, not just someone who's full-figured or, you know, a size 14, average size. We're talking about morbid morbid obesity, which is, uh, you know, particularly at the age of COVID, where it's one of the biggest risk factors for you ending up, you know, in a hospital or dead and, you know, dead from a bunch of other uh, issues as well if you you carry that weight. So Hmm. to me, that's actually a pretty... Um, you know, another crazy sort of woke movement that does a great deal of harm um, and I I just think everything has just gone so nuts because yeah there was a time where the models yeah. were just uh, some of them, unhealthily thing and you know girls were... are
0: you talking about the heroin the heroin chic era yeah i'm talking
2: about you know sort of that kate moss era and 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 where yeah you know you had the rib cages protruding down the catwalk and he had you know girls yeah trying to live up to this impossible uh idea well
0: now you know how me and me and nick feel we we go to my and we 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 offer our services for these calendars and instead they go for these ridiculous bimboys and himbos <laughs> instead of normals with our paunches with and, uh, and and bald heads.
1: I've worked out where there is an opening for you because it seems that it's only when it comes to women's underwear, they'll have a variety of models. It's only men's underwear where they have to go for the heavily tuned bodies. Maybe if we offered ourselves as models for women's underwear, we'd be accepted as part of that diverse cohort. We may get our our heads, our faces and bodies in the Maya catalogue after all. I don't know.
0: Depending on how we identify, right. yeah.
2: Well, you don't even have to identify as a woman. You can just pick one of the other 99 or 200 genders um, because they're all bringing out these LGBTQIA++++ ranges so you two would fit in very nicely indeed I- into that category and you'd be very stunning and brave overnight. So that's definitely an opportunity mm. right there. Okay.
0: Just got to be paying more than I'm getting paid at the moment. That will be terrific. What a career opportunity.
1: There's a lot of pluses in certain places, I think. That's right.
2: And guess what? There's a new gender that I'm identifying as. I actually played that this on my show on, on really? Sky. Really? Um, I had a well. I didn't explain it. Someone from the LGBTQIA <laughs> plus community explained it. Um, mm. There's there's people who identify as cake gender, and that speaks to me because I've always enjoyed cake, cake. and um, it was a cake. So it's explained as you know, if you're feeling light and fluffy, if you feel like you've got multiple layers to you, if you're feeling <laughs> sweet um then you can identify as a cake gender and i was like all of those things apply to me and i enjoy cake it's so. not you
1: but you're you're anything but light and fluffy rita you're you're not light and fluffy you are profound and deep and that's why we love you
0: i identify as stale and uh left <laughs> uh, left on the bench
1: anyway look thank you to our token womanks on the program rita Panhee. <laughs> Uh,
2: pleasure, thank you, gentlemen.
1: You're going to have fun on outsiders this week, doubtless, whatever the oh, result yes. of the election. Tim, thank you again.
0: I know we were dissing all the tipping before. Let's just go quickly through the panel. I'm saying narrow Labor win and two teal girls.
2: So you're thinking what Allegra and?
0: Um... I don't. I don't know. I don't know which two, but uh, two two teal girls, and that's mainly wishful okay. thinking because I really want to see what happens with those women in Parliament. I think it's uh, that's going to be fantastic.
2: We've already got Lydia Thorpe in Parliament. How much more fun do you want to have? Like how many of these?
0: I'm a greedy person. I identify as a cake eater and I want all of it. And I want it now.
2: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, well, your prediction's a bit too close to mine. I'm tipping narrow Labor as well. I was thinking 76, 77 But like I said earlier, nothing would surprise me. Like nothing, the only thing that would surprise me would be a coalition landslide. But uh, coalition win, Labor win, hung parliament, all of it is, I think, in the realms realms of possibility. Even a Labor landslide, which I think is unlikely, I don't think is impossible. Because normally when Mm. we do change governments in this country, it's with a thumping margin. Normally, the small margins are returning governments, and when the opposition right. wins, it's a big margin. So, um, I think
0: I think the difference this time, reader, is we're not changing governments. If that happens, we're changing brands. And that's <laughs> a,
1: that's a
0: qualitative. that's a, it's a qualitative difference. So, <laughs> Nick, your tip, my friend.
1: Well, I, you know, we were asking for trouble here, seeing as how the result will be in by the time most people hear it. So, I'm going to say, and excuse me for squibbing it, too close to call. I think it is too close to call. (laughs) It's certainly not 46-54 to Labour, which is what news polls have been predicting. Just losing all faith in the polls and whatever the polls say Mm -hmm. is probably not true. I'll give you a couple of roughies, actually, if you're going on sports bet, I tip the Liberal Party to win back Indi, Mm -hmm. Sophie Bibrelli's old seat from the Independent there. Have a look at Karangamite. There could be a victory there too. And if Trent Zimmerman doesn't win North Sydney, which I think he probably will, but if he doesn't, it'll be it'll go to Labour. It certainly won't go to the Teal Independent there. Oh that's, uh, that's interesting. My, uh, three or four bold tips and I wait to be humiliated.
2: In my seat, which is the one the the Teals are most confident of winning, and get up is most confident of winning, which is Goldstein, Tim Wilson's uh, seat, Labour have just run completely dead, so they're not even in the equation. So it's either going to be Tim Wilson or or Zoe Daniel, who's the, you know, the former ABC journalist who uh, signed that anti-Israel letter. I mean, can you just imagine her in parliament? My God. And it's completely going to devalue Brighton. I mean, it's going to be going to turn into Fitzroy by the bay. It's going to be tragic. I'm going to have to move. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be... Uh, but I'll tell you the seats I'm interested in. Fowler, Christina Keneally... Um, that's going to be fascinating. That's one of the safest seats in New South Wales for Labor, whether she can actually even... You would expect her to hold on. It's a 14% margin.
0: Um, yeah, but hang on, Rita. She's done it before. She's lost know, <laughs> when she had a double-digit margin before, when she was the Premier of New South Wales. I think it was around 15, 16 points.
2: If anyone can do it, Christina can do it. So fingers crossed. Anyone
0: can turn <laughs> Labor into Liberal. It's the, our wonder lady from Scotland, Ireland.
1: That's about it for the for the swill. We've got to get out. We've got to vote early. We've got to vote often. And next week we'll be back, no doubt. Tim eating humble pie as a result yep. of those fake predictions. But thank
0: Absolutely. you
1: for joining so much, reader. You always add so much uh, spark to the program. And Tim, thank you again.
0: Don't forget, Nick, to um on Sunday after we know the result to uh, dub all of the correct predictions in. Exactly. Don't, uh, uh, it doesn't matter if you use your own voice over me or Rita, like it could be Rita saying, <laughs> and I think, of course, uh, that the, the, uh, such and such won't get elected, and then you can just come and say, well, be elected.
2: <laughs> just change it all. Uh, and also, correct all the times you misgendered me, because I have not heard one reference from ca- to carrot or red velvet from either of you, even <laughs> though I after quite clearly said they were my preferred pronouns.
1: I am deeply, deeply sorry, and apologise for any offence I may have caused to the Cape community in general. Thank you, Rita, for joining us. Thank you. Every American and LBJ is with Australia all the way. Australia is the best place in the world to bring up a family. but we will decide who comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come. How good is Australia?